Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. On today's show, I interview Emily Morgan of Delegate Solutions. She and her remote team help leaders and their teams to to strategically clear their plates so they can focus on higher impact activities. I absolutely love this because the one thing I'm sharing with my clients and my audience is that you really want to be delegating as much as you possibly can so you're staying in your zone of genius. I had a really fun time talking with Emily, and she shares her five bottlenecks that most entrepreneurs experience, sometimes a little bit of each one. So I'm curious as you listen along to which one you are. My name is Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur and investor. The one thing that I get asked all the time is, how do you achieve success in business and make an impact? In each episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast, you'll hear from entrepreneurs and visionaries who share how their leadership has changed not only their lives, but the lives of everybody around them. Hey, could you do me a quick favor? Take a screenshot of this podcast episode right now and post it on your Instagram and tag me and anybody else who you think could benefit from it, especially if you've been finding value. I'm so grateful for you listening. Hey, Emily, I am, well, I have been, never mind, I am, I have been for the last several days, really excited to be talking with you today because you and your story and everything that Delegate Solutions does is exactly what I see as a huge problem for most entrepreneurs. So welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah. And with that, share with everybody a little bit about who you are and how you help business owners. Yeah, so um, I'm the founder and CEO of Delegate Solutions. We're based here in Philadelphia, but we're actually a virtual company and I have employees all over the country. We work with clients uh, in all over North America. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are a premium virtual assistance firm and we specialize in helping entrepreneurs identify what and how to delegate, put systems together to delegate, and then we provide the support to actually execute week over week on uh, the most important delegations to help them move their business forward. Which I think is so incredible. And you and I were chatting a little bit before we started recording, and I, I had said I just got off a call where my client had recognized that her overwhelm was really stemming from her and not delegating tasks to somebody that she already has on her team. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Do you see that as as something that happens frequently? Definitely. And we work only with entrepreneurs. So everything that we've built is designed to support the way that entrepreneurs think and operate. Um, Whether they have a team in place or not, it really doesn't matter to us. And Industry-wise, it really doesn't matter to, to us. We're agnostic when it comes to, you know, who we support. Mm-hmm. And is that because from a support standpoint, um, like the tasks that you're offering and the ways that you can help businesses, one, just experience some ease, but also help them scale, like those processes are kind of the same? Exactly. Like admin is admin. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> how technical your company is or what your, your, what your, you know, industry is, 
It really doesn't matter from a support standpoint. It's more about, um, you know, it's for us, it's more about helping people figure out how to use the support effectively um, mm-hmm. and setting up systems that work with the way that entrepreneurs operate. Right. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you see? For entrepreneurs? Um, yeah. I think that there's a lot of entrepreneurs that have tried to delegate and haven't had a successful experience doing that. Um, entrepreneurs in general, like just need to control and, and like feel empowered when they're part of the process. But what happens mm-hmm. is you reach a ceiling of complexity when it comes to your time and eventually you're forced to either let things go or, or die. Um, so, you know, using a service like ours is a really easy way to dip your toe into delegation instead of <laughs> going full bore. Cause like we'll work with them one to two hours a day remotely, um, right. as opposed to this overwhelm around, I need an assistant. I can't afford a full-time assistant. I don't have anywhere to put them. What am I going to do to keep them busy? Like all of those things that come into play when you have an on-site staff, which there's certainly reasons to, to have that formula. But with us, it's more about strategic delegation and putting a strategy together that supports your goals, but also leverages your time with things like scheduling, inbox, travel, mm-hmm. personal tasks, stuff like that. Okay. And I'm curious, can you give a little bit of the history of how you started Delegate Solutions? Yeah. So my company's 12 years old um, and it started when I was pregnant with my son and I was had had a career. I was working at University of Penn at that point um, and was kind of looking at having a baby and not really wanting to have to go on a commute every day and manage a baby with all of that. So I was actually on a job interview, um, just a random interview. And this woman mentioned that she had a virtual assistant and I'd never heard of that at the time. It was really new, the industry. I started Googling it and learning about it and like sort of being able to picture, Hey, I can use my skills and I can work from home and I can do this fractionally in a way that works for me and lets me be around with my son. Um, So that's how it started. And then about six months after he was born, I started the company. Um, I was working at the time nearby part-time and would work with my clients like in the evenings or on the days I wasn't working as I started to build out like a roster of clients. And then over time, the need for what we were doing exceeded my own ability to actually deliver the service. So I started building out a team. And that team has evolved greatly over the last (laughs) decade or so. Right. Um, We have now only um, employees. We have a very specific way that we work with clients. We train them and develop them and use our system to really execute um, how we manage delegation for them. Okay. That sounds amazing. I'm curious when you had reached kind of that, that tipping point where you couldn't take on any more clients and you had to bring on, um, some help. Was that a challenge for you or was it something that you were easily um, able to let go of? From a delegation standpoint, I mean, what I was looking at it was, huh, a lot of people really want what we're doing (laughs) and 
how do I meet that need and not have to be the one doing it? So that was like the headspace I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, like I, I don't have a business degree. I went to UPenn, but I have an English major and my right. background was really all admin. So I don't have this like entrepreneurial background, but it started just sort of evolve on its own. Um, and a couple years in, as, as I built the company, I was using 1099 subcontractors and I was finding like, one, they were unreliable. Two, it wasn't being delivered in the way that I would want it to be delivered. And I really couldn't manage them because they were um, contractors. So I did the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program here in Philly. And mm-hmm. one of the outcomes of that class was I need employees. Like if I want to scale this service model, it has to be with employees. Um, so that was a big change that we made about probably five years ago at this point. Okay, cool. And has that allowed you to scale, do you think, far more effectively than if you had remained with the contract employees? Oh, totally. Like there was just no way legally that that model would, was going to work for the vision of the company. Um, okay. And, you know, we have a fully remote distributed team. They're all across the country. And yet we still have culture. We have relationships happening across the team. And we mm-hmm. operate just like you would with an on-site team. Okay, incredible. What's been your biggest challenge um, in growing your company and from a leadership perspective? Um, you know, I'll speak to our current challenge, biggest challenge of the moment, which I see as my biggest, hardest time in business. Um, uh-huh. Is really, it has to do with the way that we structured the company um, to grow the team because at the end of the day, I'm basically selling people's time for money. So my good is my people. Um, and the way that we built the job worked really well for the last five plus years. Mm-hmm. And now with the way that the economy is, uh, et cetera, it's really not working well at this point. So we're in the middle of shifting the way that we hire people from a, mm-hmm from from like true flex to something a little bit more concrete that they understand and that we understand so that we can grow. Right. right. I think that's amazing that you're recognizing that before it's become something that that's limiting the company and you're really being very proactive. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been very painful and I know like all employers are struggling with talent and just to give you some stats, like last year we had 14,000 people apply to work for us. Now, wow, that's an insane number, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hire less than half a percent, right? Like it's even less than that. Um, and even within that, it's still really hard to find right fit talent. So that is uh, my number one rock for the quarter is working on our talent management plan for the future. Excellent. When you have the right people with, you know, your the flex time kind of worked out and what that looks like, what are your goals for the next few years? Yeah, I mean, our goal is really to scale the existing model. Um, we're on a okay. wait list at the moment because we have such demand for what we're doing. Um, and we take our onboarding really <laughs> seriously. And we're, you know, trying to keep up with that demand. But um, you know, what I've been focusing on is how do I create self-managing, um, self, you know, self-managing contained teams that are working mm-hmm. together 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that it's a scalable model. Given right. that we're currently set up, we have people, some people work 25 hours a week, some people work 40. Um, it really is a flex arrangement, which I always mm-hmm. plan to stay true to because I believe in that model. But it's just a little bit more of a construct around how we bring people in. It's going to look different. Um, how we grow these teams will look different. Right. So, it sounds like you're constantly putting puzzle pieces together. Always. <laughs> which is it's challenging. Yep. It's, it's very... It's definitely the hardest part of business that I've experienced. Like Mm -hmm. what we're going through right now with um, restructuring the team, it's going to be a lot of change. And so you're, you're working on like one of our core values is transparency. So very transparent with my team about what's going on, what we're doing to resolve it. Um, And then, like I said, I'm, I own the rock of dealing with this right now. So Mm -hmm. trying to, like I literally, I mean, like draw it on a piece of paper. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's how I do a lot of my problem solving from a core standpoint is like, I literally will get out my markers. So I have different colors and mm-hmm. draw it out, my map, et cetera. And then it allows me to formulate something that can be more concrete, whether it's a formulated outline or in a spreadsheet type of thing. Yeah. And, you know, we're also looking at changing our, um, or rolling out an HRIS system, which is new Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of complexity in our current system. And so I'm having to not only like identify the solution with the help of my team, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, champion it and get my team to (laughs) embrace it because I think that it's, the right move. So, you know, you're selling internally as well to try and, and get champion the cause. Right. Absolutely. Cause you've got to have everybody on board to make it really work and be successful. Correct. And we don't mess around like with technology. If we're going to pick something, <laughs> we're like, that's what we're doing. You know, there's not, we don't jump from tech to tech ever. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because I know I have in the past and, I, and many other entrepreneurs too. It's like every other week they're using a different piece of software for the same thing. I think it just burns out your team. It just yeah. absolutely burns out your team. Like you got to remember, like um, I'm, a, I'm a student of a strategic coach. I've been in that program for like five plus years. And one of the models that they teach is that as entrepreneurs, we operate in the freedom zone, the opportunity zone, and our mm-hmm. employees operate in a safety zone. Like that's what motivates them to stay in a job right. is safety and security. And we're motivated by the complete opposite, which is opportunity. Um, <clears throat> so like whenever we will do something related to tech, like there's a beta test group, we're getting their feedback, we're communicating with them why. <laughs> like there's right so many things that go into us being able to change technology. <clears throat> yeah. But what we're seeing is just so much complexity that's not scalable that we have to now look into this type of tool. Okay. Really cool. I want to circle back into some of the problems uh, and the bottlenecks that you see with your clients, because I'm sure that this applies to many, many business owners. Can you speak um, a little bit more about what you see typically and how uh, entrepreneurs can start to address that? 
Sure. So, um, you know, I was mentioning earlier that entrepreneurs really struggle with delegation in general. Usually when you look at it, they're, they're part of the problem. And I say they, I mean myself as well. <laughs> um, but, you know, we've boiled it down to what we view as the top five types of bottlenecks that you can be as an entrepreneur in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and those five are the hero, the interventionist, the isolationist, the time optimist, and the dreamer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we feel after our experience of all these years of working with entrepreneurs that, you know, the sooner you can identify what type of bottleneck you are within your business and understand why it's happening and fix it, mm-hmm. you know, the stronger delegator that you'll become. Right. So I can kind of talk through each one if, if that's helpful. Yeah, let's do that just so that people can identify with which one they are. Yeah. So the first one is the hero. And the hero is really when you're, you've set up your team that they have to permission everything through you. Um, and entrepreneurs are notorious for thriving off this feeling of being needed and necessity <clears throat> and the energy that they get from their contribution to the business. Mm-hmm. But really, that's not a sustainable growth plan um, because your team has to be able to make decisions without you all the time involved. Right. Right. Um, you know, how it develops is you basically haven't put the right resources in place. So there's not clear roles and responsibilities around who needs to make which decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it's just creating confusion in your team. And they might even start delegation blocking you, which is another term that we, we've coined where, you know, you're trying to make something happen and the, the team is blocking you from getting that done because they, they really have become um, possessive and they might even sabotage what you're trying to get done because of this sort of mentality that has come into play. Right. I would feel, think that like this type of person too they're not ever able to fully step away from their business because somebody always needs to get approval for something before they can move forward. So like even just going on vacation or taking a long weekend becomes more difficult. Yeah, exactly. And last year I took a month off. I did a sabbatical and it was the first time that I've really completely unplugged from the business and it was wonderful. Um, and Mm -hmm. I think it was a really great opportunity for the team to self-function, you know? Right. Right. What about the interventionist? Yeah. So the interventionist is kind of like the micromanager. Um, (laughs) They're, you know, they're involved in the 80% of what needs to happen instead of really just allowing themselves to be participating in the 20% that requires their, you know, contribution. Um, this also comes out of being the hero complex, or maybe you've just developed some some mistrust around delegation in general, and so you don't trust that it will work out well. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that does is like frustrate your team, and they'll just retreat because they don't feel like their contribution really matters. Um, right. So this is like a cocoon tendency that you've been protecting yourself and your ideas from errors. And so you just take back the work or you don't let it go in the first place. 
Um, and you really haven't committed the time to make the delegation successful because you don't trust anyone that you feel mm -hmm. like you can hand it off to. What's one step somebody in this position or somebody identifying with this could do to start letting go a little bit more, maybe building that trust? Yeah, I'll give two ideas. One is um, start small. So <laughs> like rather than say I'm going to hand off my scheduling, say I'm just going to hand off like um, internal meetings, let my assistant handle that and let me give her some time blocks and she can handle the scheduling. So like baby step into it. Um, another way is, and this is a really important thing, is if it's a recurring activity, turn it into a process. So let your assistant interview you, capture that process, or if, if um, you know, and then let them execute on the process and you can kind of shadow what's happening to build trust. So this is all about trust building with this. Okay, okay that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and what about the isolationist? So with this one, um, it's a communication issue. So the team isn't really clear on the process or what they need from you to get things done. And mm -hmm. you're really just too busy and, and you're not being realistic around your own requirements to get the project done. So you're simply just isolating yourself and not including them in the delegation. Okay. Is this somebody that kind of like wants to DIY everything themselves still? Potentially, but potentially also it's like you're not even creating the time and space for delegation to happen. So for an assistant to be able to step in and support you, they need to be able to communicate with you um, at least once a day. So if you're in right. back meetings like all day or you're so overwhelmed um, and you're not giving them any details to get anything done, then they really can't move things forward on your behalf. Okay, got it. And the time optimist. I like this one. <laughs> yes. So I think so many of us are time optimists. I'm definitely one. And, you know, you could be all five of these types. We actually have a diagnostic um, on the site, on our website, where you can take it um, and score yourself and see which type you are. But okay. the time optimist is just, they're, they're too optimistic about what can actually be accomplished. Um, so like I'm going through this right now with my HRIS system, right? Like I'm championing right. it. I'm very like prioritizing it. Um, but my team, I have to worry about my team's bandwidth to actually execute it once we pull the trigger. Uh -huh. um, so just being like being clear on what are the most important things that you need to accomplish each week and making sure that if you're using a support team to help you do that, that they have the bandwidth to get those things done. Okay. I'm going to say I definitely identify with this one a little bit because I still, even though my schedule's planned out you know, pretty well, um, I still think I can accomplish 20 things in a day. <laughs> and that affects my team as well. So we're, I'm in a constant process of really just evolving and working on that so that we're, we're not up against the wall with the deadline. Yeah. And like there's plenty of different strategies that you can use. Um, to work, to work on that, like time blocking. Um, we recommend weekly meetings with your, yeah. your team to really just have a communication time. But more importantly, like just an awareness that this behavior where you're oversharing your ideas can actually be really toxic to your team because a lot of the support staff, um, if you look at 
we use Colby scoring, but if mm-hmm. you look at those first two numbers, they're high and, and their quick start is low. So when they're hearing you talk about your ideas, you know, they're not getting that you're ideating. They're getting that this is something you want to work on. Right. Um, and like you're just brainstorming, you're not even committed to the idea yet. So just understand that um, when you're talking about new ideas to your team. Right, right, absolutely. And then last but definitely not least, the dreamer. Yes, so the dreamer is full of ideas, as most entrepreneurs are, um, and they are lacking in the ability to put a plan together to execute on something. So, um, you know, one, one of the things is you love creating ideas, but the challenge is how do you hand that off to your team to actually bring it to life? And so what they mm-hmm. need from you is clarity and commitment around your most important ideas. Um, so I'll refer to a strategic coach tool that we love and use daily with clients. It's called mm-hmm. an impact filter and entrepreneurs can fill out this tool It talks about um, why is the project important to you? What does success look like? And you start to lay out your success criteria for the project. In Mm -hmm. some cases, like just going through that process, you might decide, yeah, this really isn't that important to me, (laughs) but it's an exercise of restraint for you. If you decide it is a really important project, you hand that over to your assistant and they now understand what success looks like for this project. And it's a really great way to give them what they need to actually get something done and still feel like your needs were met. Cool. I love that. Yeah. I love that because a lot of entrepreneurs I know too, like they, it's not even one idea. It's like they've got five ideas going and then none of them happen. Right. And then they get frustrated. Right. So, you know, part of it is just yourself working through an idea. Um, Mm -hmm. so this tool is wonderful for that. Even if you can just write down what success looks like and, and really give some criteria, you know, that make your delegation handoff so much more smooth. This is amazing. Amazing. I love it. So thank you so much for sharing. What's, we just talked about a lot too. Um, what's like one thing that, somebody could do that's like super simple if they haven't quite identified themselves or maybe they need to go back and and listen to this again um, to get started like taking into consideration so they delegate more effectively yeah I mean I would say take our diagnostic it's basically five questions and you rank yourself um, within those five questions and that'll spit out to you which type you are and you know, sort of an expanded version of what I shared, but just awareness is a great first step. I totally agree. So we'll get the link for that and we'll put it in the show notes then so people can, can access that easily. Cool. Yeah. Emily, I want to thank you so much for being on the tribe of leaders with me today, because one of the things that I've said is that delegating is like giving opportunities and your business and everything that you're doing is such an opportunity for everyone to take advantage of because they truly, truly need to get, I'm sure, more than one thing off of their plate. And I yeah. wish you so much success. Yeah, thanks. And like our 
core focus is really about creating freedom for people to do what they love so they can have a big impact. And for us, we believe that delegation is the foundation for growth of you and your company. So like everything we do ties, ties to freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if somebody wanted to connect with you, how can they do that? Sure. Um, our website is delegatesolutions.com and everything else stems off of there. So email, Facebook, LinkedIn. Okay, perfect. And we'll get all those links in the show notes as well. And for those of you who are listening, if you found this episode super helpful, do me a favor and go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. We'll see you next time. As an entrepreneur, do you ever feel isolated, like you're just grinding away and not getting to the place or reaching the goals that you want? Maybe you've realized that you just spent days, weeks, or even months trying to accomplish something only to figure out that the answer that you have would have saved you all of that time. I know I've had that experience and my clients have as well. And that's why I created the Tribe of Leaders Biz School. Get the accountability, the training, and the knowledge base in a community of like-minded people who are there to support you. Go ahead and check it out. It's thetribeofleaders.com.